Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 113. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight with the voice of reason, Thomas Smiley. And we're here for another one of our famous set reviews. I, uh, yeah, I can't wait. I've been... You excited, bro? Yeah, raring, raring to go. I think it's rearing to go. Whatever it is. You're supposed to be the, uh... The sane one here, bro. We need you to uh, get your pronunciations. We right. might, we might need to flip flop. People, people liked <laughs> the casual, the more casual episode last week. So uh, I think instead of taking the no, you know what? I don't think this is gonna see play. Maybe I just go completely off the deep end. I'm like, yeah, I could see that in like a like a whatever theme deck. You uh, could be like the uh, saffron time or something. I could saffron. I will. Saffron I, I got though. okay. So I hadn't got a haircut since February, apparently. Oh, Jesus. And I could, like, my hair was long. And uh, I could probably have the saffron olive hair type going on if, uh, yeah, if I let that go a little bit longer. Is your hair curly? I can't even picture your hair. I just picture hats. Uh, well, I mean, it was all underneath the hat. But not really curly. But when it got that long, it, like, it kind of wasn't completely straight. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So wait, you, you got to cut those? I, I got to cut. And now it's completely uh, gray and it's short. And I look like a, uh, I don't know, like an army reserve PT instructor. Like that's like <laughs> the haircut style that I have going on. And um, I don't know, the body of like a, uh, like a hot dog vendor at a football game. <laughs> Just to give that visual to everybody. <laughs> I didn't even talk to you, bro. Did you draft a fantasy team this year? Yeah, I drafted two, and they sucked. Uh, I had, like, I'm in a 12-team and a 14-team, and I think I had I had the 10th pick in the 14-team and the 9th pick in the 12-team. Um, and I don't like either one of my teams, but, yeah. We'll yeah, see. that's a rough spot this year. We'll see how it goes. I had, um... I had a pretty good draft. I feel like I'm only in one league at this point, like my my big money league with my friends. It's our 14th year of this league. Yep. And uh, if Derrick Henry gets seven points tonight, I, I win. And I get the high score for the week, so. Oh, good for you. Just need him to hold on. Uh, I wanted to give our listeners a heads up that the charity stream that we promoted last week on the podcast raised almost $1,000. For the yeah. Wounded Warrior Project, and we, we were a significant part of that. So thank you. Thank you to everybody. It's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. I'm glad that you uh, took the initiative from uh, the inspiring, the sort of inspiration that we had. I really do want to do something like us. Maybe we could talk to Pat again about uh, doing something around Christmas. I, I think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah, we, we, I mean, people need it. It's just because we can't have events doesn't mean we can't do something, right? Yep, absolutely. It was nice organizing it around the Leaving the Legacies and having Michelle do all the work, but... Absolutely for real on that. <laughs> Bro, did you hear about the Mythic Invitational this weekend? Uh, I heard about the porn banner, something about burritos, and the top eight not being able to be televised um yeah that that was pretty much the rundown that twitter gave me uh people were mad about the burritos i i don't quite understand it um and like uh, the the pop-up in the background i don't know stuff happens (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about anything about burritos but uh I did see that they weren't able to broadcast the finals of the quarter million dollar tournament which Mm -hmm. is just like I don't know. It's just crazy to me. Well, so I think they're recording it and they're doing post-production. Like they're putting it together nicely and they're going to release it so everybody can watch. But it is kind of unfortunate that nobody was able to watch it live. Um, that being said, I wasn't I wasn't watching it live, so it didn't it didn't right, affect yeah. me personally. It's actually maybe not the worst thing. You know, people can still find it on YouTube or whatever if they have like if they do a good job with it. Mm-hmm. It's actually probably better than having to stitch together. Uh, video from two or three or whatever different sources oh absolutely especially if they do like a good like um uh post-production with like nice effects and everything is is smooth and i'm sure they will right there's no reason to think they won't yeah i mean what is what's he ever screwed anything up yeah so we are obviously doing a set review this week so we're not talking about results but 
I feel like we'd be doing a disservice to our, our old friend, Brian Cook, who this weekend was on quite a tear. He won a challenge and he won the PTQ with tests, of course. So we just had to say real quick, congrats to Brian. Yeah, complete congratulations. Like winning pretty much what's the most competitive tournament in the um, in the PTQ just somebody who's put that much work into one specific deck and there aren't too many people in legacy that when you think about a deck um you just think about one person like that and bryant is absolutely that for tess yeah it's basically like uh you know bryant tess jerry me show and tell and then uh tom smiley burn and that's uh about it not death and taxes anymore it's burn <laughs> i debated but death and taxes seem too respectable okay know. yeah i i've i'm at the depths of my my depravity <laughs> i got i got called out matt uh my friend matt listened to the podcast last week and he called my wife and he's like listen uh tom said something about you and he doesn't know the harry potter houses and i was like one like what are you what are you trying to do you're calling my wife and you're like telling her, telling her that i said something about her and secondly like of course i know the harry potter houses i was like i was really disappointed um so he's not friends with me anymore i can just play magic with him he said that if uh, my wife and i divorce he would side with my wife and testify oh. in court but he just wants me around to play magic um All right. so thanks does, Matt. He, does he know how good Alyssa is at magic though I, I, yeah. She's probably better than them. I'm just concerned he might not be getting full equity here. Yeah, he might not be. He could just ditch me completely and just go yeah. completely the other way. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, you started school, right, right this week? Yeah, I mean, like, it was kind of, I don't want to say, like, insulting, but uh, <laughs> our union and the, and the administration were, like, locked in, like, deep negotiations. They couldn't resolve all all the teachers not being in the building this week so like uh we had to go we had to go physically into the building where where i logged in and i tried to open up an email attachment and it wouldn't open and i checked my download speed and it was like 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 point something um when i did the internet speed test and i was like this is just gross and we all went to our classrooms and logged into zoom and we're just on our school-issued laptops from the school doing exactly what we could have done at home with better technology. I just, I don't want to talk about it too much, but yeah, it was kind of a waste. So is that resolved now, or are you going to have to do that until further notice? Uh, so until the kids come back, we're, we're doing that from the building. Um, and then once it starts, all of the other teachers are doing two days home, sorry, three days home, two days in the building. But I think I'm getting a medical waiver, so I'll be home all the days. Oh, sick. Oh, yeah, you can do that. I'm sure yeah, that. like they had that checklist. And they're like, if you have any of these high-risk conditions, I was like, oh, shit, I got that and that and that. Yeah. I got a little bit of that. Like, give it to as me. As long as it doesn't say any but not all, you'd be okay, right? Right, right. They're like, you know what? Maybe if you have multiples, we're just going to drop your health insurance and you can find a new <laughs> job. That's, uh, that's the world we live in. Yeah, bro. So, yeah, basically, I'm trying to stall because I don't want to start this set review, but... No, uh, I actually doing this, like looking at all the cards. Wait, before we out. get into that, just the Jets. We don't have to talk about it because we talked about it before the cast, but like, I have to get that in there. Just the Jets, and then we can move on to the cards now. It was it was a double whammy because I couldn't bet against them and I had to watch them, so it was pretty painful. But, you know. Not as painful as Brady for... in Tampa Bay. Good for the Bills. Yeah, that was that was actually pretty brutal. I watched that game as well. Yep. I like the Bills this year. I think I think they're gonna make the playoffs. I like the Bills every year, man. They've been fun to watch for a while now. Uh you know, I hated them back in like the nineties or whatever, but they've uh they've been a fun team. Josh Allen's really fun to watch, even if he's I would hate to have him as my quarterback. I like Stephon Diggs a lot and he's there now. So, you know, I got nothing bad to say about the Bills, to be honest. Yeah. It's so weird seeing Cam on the Patriots, though. It's it was awesome to watch him play. That's for sure. I knew yeah, they had yeah. him like they had him sort of like under wraps 
not uh didn't really unleash him but the pats ran the ball really well and their defense was solid like that missed kick and the fumble out of the end zone could have been a blow-up game but I'll, i'll take it for the first week of the season yeah, especially when they lost to Miami the last week of last season. Yeah, that's... Yep. So, I, yeah, I, I like Cam. I drafted James White thinking that he was, like, the receiving back and maybe Cam would utilize him, but it didn't seem to happen. Yeah, the the Patriots running backs, like, it's too much of a committee for them, for any person to put up, like, significant uh, fantasy production. Like, I, I have Sony Michelle that I drafted in, like, super late rounds, just hoping that they might dedicate to one back, but it's it's not going to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, now that everybody's tuned out, we can start this set review and not have to be embarrassed about how bad our picks are. Oh, I love it. All right. So we talked a little bit about the Boltlands. All right. Well, no. First of all, this is the Zendikar 3 set review. I don't know if it's called Zendikar Rising or Zendikar Uprising. I'm not 100% sure, but... I think it's just Rising rising enough of these names right like uh shadows over innistrad like what's the next innistrad going to be called like battle for zendikar zendikar rising or the worst one is ravnica like ravnica allegiance or ravnica at least it wasn't like dragon's mace let's just call them zendikar three right and then next will be zendikar four and like the rockies that's like make that's perfect perfect all right so zendikar three the appropriately three because we start with the bolt lands which as we talked about last week they are non-basic lands that come into play untapped if you pay three life so you have a full cycle one for each color and they also double as spells. And they're spells in your hand, so they can be thought seized or, or duressed or whatever. So that's something to keep in mind, unlike other lands. But the we've talked about some of them that are playable, and I'm just going to, for posterity's sake, review them all, because if anything is surprisingly good in this set, I think it would be these. Uh, Amaria's Call is the white one. It's probably the worst in the cycle, but it's... Four and three white for a sorcery. Create two four four white flying angel warrior tokens, and non angel creatures you control gain indestructible until your next turn. You think this is worse than the red one? I think so, just because I can't picture anybody playing this one. Okay, can you can you actually see people playing the red one? I wouldn't be shocked if it was like a one of in a in like a red prison deck or something. Like it, it seems at least relevant enough that they might consider it okay this one it's like you know there's no there's no deck i can think of that would want an effect like this okay i mean i think i think the red and the white one are both like quite not good but i think the red one's probably a little bit worse than this i i could see maybe some sort of like heavy heavy control shell not like a miracle's but maybe playing something like this in a white-blue where um, you have some flood protection. It wouldn't be good. Um, and there are way better ways of producing threats in decks like that. Uh, but I, I think this and the, the red one are like pretty pretty equally bad. Yeah, I guess part of it is I, that just that um, red is a little bit better of a color than white right now in, in the format, so there's you know, a red prison deck rather than a white prison deck. Yep. But, yeah. Moving on, Seagate Restoration for blue, blue, blue sorcery. Draw cards equal to your hand size plus one, and you have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. It's also an island on the other side, but relevant to mention, it's a blue card that can pitch to force of negation or force of will. Mm -hmm. And it's the right colors to fit into an Omni deck, which we talked about last week, so... Any other thoughts on this card? No, I just like I think I think this one is probably becoming like a little bit too overhyped. You gotta think about those games where you actually like um you get to resolve that omni with a super low hand size. This doesn't do like much. Uh getting I I'm I, I just I don't know. I think people are overestimating it. But it does piss pitch to force force blah. It does pitch to force of will and force of negation. It has some flood protection, but how many how many of these do you want to play? 
Um, I, I can obviously see it seeing play. People are going to try it. But I don't think it's going to end up being super great. Yeah. Well, just an island that pitches to force of will is something novel. And I think definitely not that wrong if you put it in your deck. So even if like we're overestimating the Omni side of it, I think you know the, the island that can pitch to force side of it is still decent enough that it won't be too wrong if you play one or two of them. Okay. Uh, we talked about the black one, Algadim's Awakening. It's X, black, 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 return from the graveyard to the battlefield any number of target creatures that each have a different converted mana cost of X or less, which is like such a mind fuck to think about, but for, for what it's saying. But what, what you have to know, I guess, is that 99.9% of the time, this is just a swamp that isn't a land for balustrade spy purposes yeah i remember last week we were talking about this and i like i didn't put it together that you could still play it as a land that didn't count as a land when you were flipping it and obviously after you explained it i was like oh okay that's that's where you're going from this because my whole pushback was like really that that seems like a lot of mana but you were absolutely right about that take so it's a black spirit guide basically yeah for for that deck's purposes that you unfortunately don't want to draw multiples, so maybe they'll find two or three is the right number, but anyway. Shatter Skull Smashing, X red red, deal X damage divided as you choose among up to two target creatures or planeswalkers. If X is six or more, uh, double that, so deal, deal two times that much damage. We kind of talked about this one already. Yeah, I think we we can loop like lump it in with the white one. I uh, I'm not a big fan of it. The I guess the prison shells that you were talking about that are playing uh, city of traitors and ancient tomb are probably like better fits for um for this card. But I'm not sure that you wouldn't just want to like I don't know play more goblin producing creature go- goblin producing three drops and just start to get a little bit more aggro. Yeah, part of what's bothering me about this too is one of the creatures that the, that deck hates to see are mana dorks, like, you know, Noble Hierarch, Birds of Paradise. And the meta really doesn't have many of those right now. That's so the true. creatures you're you're worried about by the time you can cast this are like, you know, Delver, Dreadhorde, Arcanist, that kind of stuff that has more than one toughness. Yep. So if we were seeing like a lot of, you know, Mother of Runes and, and, uh, noble hierarchs and stuff then i think this card would be better but as it stands right now i'm not really sure why you're putting it in your sideboard so i i'm not expecting to see it really do anything big yeah i'm not either and then the green one that you i guess are saying is is better than the white and the red one is turn timber symbiosis which is four green 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 look at the top seven you may put a creature into play if it's Converted mana cost is three or less at three one one counters. Yeah, like I remember how there was that like green primeval titan shell, like cloud post or, or no 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 you mean like the one that you played on the legacy pit? Yeah yeah. I now I don't I obviously don't think that it goes like directly into there, but if there's ever any like amulet based primeval titan deck that ever sees play in legacy, I could see something like this that doubles as a land or um or a way to get a primeval titan i don't think it's very good i think it's probably better than the white and the red one though yeah i mean the effect is certainly bigger right like and i guess it's not totally out of out of like uh you know it's not going to produce a laugh track if i say that an elves player could think about this because even though i wouldn't expect to see it it is like a ghetto fifth green sun, right? Okay, yeah. I mean, it's and it's a land. I, I wouldn't see decks trying to play that either. Um, but I could see something with, uh, I don't know, Post and Candelabra. Um, maybe like an old school blue-green show-and-tell version that wants to wants to play something like this too. Yeah. Super, super fringe. Probably not good. And this is, I guess, the Seagate Restoration and this one are the two that I would consider relevant for, like, wish boards, too, because... Oh, because the, you can you can wish big for enough a land, effects. that... Yeah, you can wish for a land, but also they're big enough effects that you could wish for them, and 
want them in certain situations. Okay, I can get behind that. Like a, you know, like a Nick fit. I don't know what that deck would look like with Burning Wish or something might want this or like a uh, some sort of like a burning thin shell might want the four blue 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 one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And we're on to normal cards. So I didn't actually mean to do this, but I kind of sorted them by color. So the colors that I think got the most potential playables are black and red. So black first of all common sorcery for one in the black feed the swarm destroy target creature or or enchantment an opponent controls you lose life equal to that permanence converted mana cost yeah i mean it gives black a way to kill it out of the void now yeah i don't really expect to see this one i guess it's relevant because it goes in popper because you know maybe your popper sideboard of mono black needs this mm-hmm. but you know, like you were saying, uh, Pox, Reanimator, like Red Black Reanimator. Sometimes they would play like Serenity. You know, they, they had some weird ways to get rid of enchantments. Yeah, they were splashing there. Bayou for the destroy all enchantment. It was like free to cast if you have a um if you have a swamp or a forest. I can't remember what it was. Is that called Serenity or did I just find No, that? Serenity is the white one. It, it like it blows up yeah. during the upkeep or something. Um it, there's Which a Which I've also seen. Yeah, there's a there's a green sorcery that's a green and three, the tranquilities and it has a condition where you can play it for free. I can't remember the yeah, name of the card, but I don't know. I don't know why I can't think of it. It's like tranquil silence or something like that. Uh, I, I mean that sounds that sounds correct. It's something something weird, but I don't know. It's just escaping me at the moment. I think I'm just combining tranquility and something <laughs> else. But yeah i i don't really see this card i guess in weird corner cases like the the place that i would reverent you know, silence there we go i hope the that's place it. i would uh most likely see this card i would say is like a budget mono black reanimator for the reason that you said uh ley line or rest in peace yep i think yeah that, i think that's just where where you would see play in that card it's um and it, i don't know am i being like too crotchety old banish saying like why does black specifically have enchantment removal? Like, am I am I just like ten years behind on that? No, I I guess I understand what you're saying because they never had a card that that said destroy an enchantment before. Yeah, like that was like one of like the drawbacks of black as a color, that like that there was no way for you to do that. So I don't know. I don't know. It is kind of weird. Yeah. I would prefer if they just had, like, a destroyed target permanent, like a Desert Twister sort of effect that just happened to hit enchantments. Mm -hmm. It is kind of weird. And I hate how there's, like, you know, creature or enchantment, but not an artifact. Like, it it always seems weird to me that... I don't know. I feel you. Okay. We're we're embracing this uh, scumbag side, right? Yeah, I guess so. That's what we're trying to do. Saffron. Yeah. Scourge of the Skyclaves. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we leave Feed the Swarm, what about uh, Death Shadow? Death Shadow for this card? Yeah. I think it costs too much mana and it being sorcery is kind of a drawback. Yeah. Yeah. The sorcery part really sucks. Yep. Um, Plus, like, the fact that you only lose... Wait, what's that? The losing life side is why I mentioned it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's much more applicable for the next card. But, like, when when you're playing that Death Shadow deck, it's unlikely that your opponent is going to be playing creatures with a casting cost high enough for this to matter with the life loss. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I think I think you just probably want Fatal Push in your discard. Um, but but the idea behind that leads into why I think the next card could be could be really good for that. Agreed. So yeah, Scourge of the Skyclaves is one in a black for a Star Star Mythic. It has Kicker with four in a black. And if it was kicked, each player loses half their life rounded up. Uh, power toughness equal to 20 minus the highest life total among players. All right, so you're never going to kick this. No. Just straight off the bat. And when it's bad, it's really bad. It could be extremely bad, but it's 
more likely that it's a grizzly bear, right? Which is bad, but not like... Oh, not awful. Right. But it just like... So when you're a Death Shadow deck, right? You're you're automatically just not going to do well against Swords to Plowshares decks, right? Right, right. And I was going back and forth in my head about this card because it is awful against Swords to Plowshares decks. But then again, like, your whole deck is. So it already being bad against your bad matchups doesn't shouldn't really factor into your um, evaluation of the card if you're going to play that deck. Mm-hmm. So I think that when you're actually playing against all of the other legacy decks with the fetch land mana base this is at worst a bear and probably much better yeah i i definitely see this as like a fifth copy of death shadow you know yeah i think that i think that's the best comparison to it for sure so i i would not be shocked at all to see one or two of these in a deck i think you know four is is asking a lot i think it would take like a totally different build for, for this to be like a four out. Like uh Well I think it would just take a like totally different meta. I don't know. Yeah, a different meta too, yes. But like uh even like an all in uh you know, sort of like red black shadow or something like that, because this is just not as good as shadow and it's not the right, you know. Yep. Double double the mana and obviously like it's better if that total is between like thirteen and twenty, but or 13 and 19, I guess. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting that they would... That they're printing a card like this. It seems like it's really tuned to pair with Shadow. Um, I don't know if that played into their design at all. Right. Bloodsheaf's Thirst is black for a sorcery. And it is destroy target creature or planeswalker with converted mana cost two or less. And then it has kicker of two and a black. And if it's kicked, you just destroy a creature or planeswalker. Yeah, I mean, it's efficient. Um, the the killing of planeswalker with CMC two or less, I don't know if that's like important to Modern Horizons 2 or the fact that Ren 6 might have been still around yeah. in the design process of this card. But like... That killing a planeswalker with two or less just seems very like very not applicable, um, and to kick it, I mean you're paying four to be able to destroy a creature or planeswalker at sorcery speed. I don't know if that's up to snuff for legacy. I think if you want this effect in a deck, you're already playing something like Innocent Blood, um, and uh, and that's probably a much better fit. What do you think yeah. about it? Well. So I think that it's actually not that unreasonable if you're kicking it to destroy a Jace or something. You're trading even on mana, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and if it's a Teferi, you're operating at sorcery speed anyway. So that part isn't that bad. So I think that, you know the Planeswalker two or less doesn't matter, but the kicker side actually kind of matters for Planeswalkers, and. Like, if you're talking about, you know, really late game with, like, a, I know Grixis Control isn't really a played deck right now because of the snow mm-hmm. astrolabe dilemma that we're in. But if that were to go away, I wouldn't be shocked to see this as a one-of in, like, a Grixis Control deck. Okay. Yeah, I just thought that um, if you're if you're paying four mana at sorcery speed to try to destroy, like, a, like any sort of Planeswalker, it's, um, it's probably too slow and you're probably already behind enough to where that won't really help you turn the corner and win the game if that makes sense oh yeah definitely definitely makes sense but then on on the other hand of that i guess is that those decks would a lot of times play like um what's that card called angrass rampage yep which which was kind of a sloppy way to remove planeswalkers and then you'd have like Colagon's command that was some direct damage but they never really played like a hero's downfall or anything right but they would play fatal push and this card is kind of like a split card bad fatal push bad hero's downfall and that deck always seemed to be in the market for like versatility so okay yeah you're right you are completely right about that i just thought angress rampage was like like a much cleaner answer um it's two mana it's it's just it's two mana and it's a hell of a lot cheaper than four yeah and it's instant so yeah, even if it was a sorcery, like it, like ignore the fact that it's an instant. I just think wait, I is think it it's an better. instant? Wait, 
I, I, it might be a sorcery. I might have just forgot. I haven't played that card in months now. It's a sorcery. Yeah, that's right. So even if they like, they are the same speed. I just I think rampage is probably just the better bet. All right, on to the red cards. I'm gonna start with the bottom one actually, because you're the burn master. Wayward guide beast, red for a two-two beast. Whenever a wayward guide beast deals combat damage to a player, return a land you control to its owner's hand. Mm, and it's got haste and trample or something. It's got uh. Wait, does it have haste? I didn't write it down. I thought I thought it, it had be, haste and trample. I thought it had I thought it had haste for sure. Yeah, that's my bad. I'm pretty sure it does. Um. Yes, haste and trample. Okay, so like as is in a traditional burn shell. Like I just I don't think it's good enough. When it connects, it just sets you back too much in your mana development. And like with burn, you really want to be able to like go one two three or at least like one two and have access to double double mana like double spells and all that i think that it does some interesting things with landfall triggers and that would yeah. be the only the only potential that i see for it like uh there was like a like a five color four color zoo deck in modern that played step links and now you have another step links and maybe you have this uh but i, I don't i don't really know about it in legacy i think you would have to have a higher base power toughness for this to be something that you would want to play. I don't know what that power toughness is, but like two, two is not where I would expect it to be. Right. Like you wouldn't play it over goblin guide or uh supposed spear. Um, there are probably some other better one drop red options as it is. I don't, I don't really like this card. Yeah. That, that deck is, Actually, exactly what I want to talk about was like Wild Nakatl Step Links. Okay. It it does it does seem like it could fit there, like in a in a perfect world. The problem is it still has to connect, right? So you're you're you don't want to ever play this on turn one in pretty much any deck that I can think of. Yeah. So it's more like a turn two or three play, and then you got to make sure your two two gets through, right? So you you probably want like bolts and maybe plows to back that up. So I was thinking about like Merritt's uh, zoo deck that he came in second at the Leaving a Legacy with. I yeah, I remember. I think we're we're five or six years past that. <laughs> I know that he actually he he top aided or won with it, uh, maybe yeah. like two years ago. But I think overall, yeah, no, it was it was an anomaly. It was very much Ren at that point in time too. But that was a you know that was a deck at one point that I guess hypothetically could come back someday if the meta were more friendly yeah i mean maybe you could and play like a five color death shadow fetch shock mana base with this and you can uh you can bounce your shock land and replay it <laughs> don't don't listen to me the other card i wanted to mention with this was mystic sanctuary just because it's such a big effect to be able to bounce that and get it back but do you really want to be playing a 2-2 in a shell like that when you have to have three islands in play, like I can't imagine what that looks like, you know. I I can't either. Well, I can. I can imagine like some worse blue red mid range shell, maybe playing like I don't know, playing some three drop blue threats and trying to abuse this with Mystic Sanctuary poorly. Um, I feel like that's one of the decks where you'd see it like. You're one and two in an F and M. You're having a really bad Friday night, and uh, <laughs> you're sitting down, and somebody like um, Mystic Mystic Sanctuary's uh, Temporal Mastery. And I was thinking of Time Warp, yeah. Okay, yeah, and uh, and uh, and then plays this to to do something similar. <laughs> and I it, can definitely picture that, man. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't. I don't foresee this card being good enough, but I think it's a good enough card that it's worth keeping in mind for the future because it, it is kind of a unique effect that maybe, you know, maybe someday you will find a place for it. Maybe there's, at some point in time, there's a ETB land that's that's worth going to this distance for or just, just naturally fits what you're trying to do. Yeah, okay, I can get behind that. Like, if this, if this was, like, a quarter card... Um, yeah. maybe it's something that you pick up and throw in a box and then years later there's something like that that gets printed. Exactly. Like Vexing Devil. So 
the next card, these are actually two very interesting cards, I think. Or three, actually, very interesting cards. Rolling Vortex is a one red enchantment. Uh, each upkeep, it deals one damage to each play- to, to that player. So it's like a half uh, Sulfuric Vortex. Mm-hmm. But then whenever a player casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, Rolling Vortex deals five damage to that player. And you can play red to have an opponent uh, be unable to gain life this turn. Yeah. I mean, I like this. I really like this. I, I think... I, obviously, you want to compare it to Sulfuric Vortex. And Sulfuric Vortex closing out games is probably... Like, it's just probably much better. Because dealing two is, is just a lot more than dealing one. However, the second ability with the no, the no mana that was spent... Like, mm-hmm. that gives you an additional Storm hate card other than Eidolon. Because they can't play any of their zero drops... Um, Force of Will, Days, all the cards. Like, you have the list of cards here that it just hoses. And it also has, like, that no no more life gain, but now it's an activated ability for red. And I feel yep. like that's fine for some Swords to Plowshares decks or, right. um, like, whatever you're trying to do with that. So I, I actually really like this card, and I can I can come up with some shells that want this in the sideboard without, um, without a lot of thinking. I think this is just definitely going to see play. I really like this card too, man. And when I was doing the research for the show, I was surprised that I wasn't seeing that many hot takes about it. Everybody seemed kind of lukewarm, but you know, everybody thinks about first of all, if you're if you're playing like a burnish deck with this card, you have fire blast. Everybody's like, oh, you know, you're gonna take five damage to cast fire blast. But if but you're casting fire blast, you're, you're killing burn, them. That's fine, right? Yeah. And then also. Um, Everybody thinks of force of will and force of negation when you talk about not paying life to not paying mana to cast something, but you brought up you know LEDs stuff like that and then also days. But I think Dreadhorde Arcanist is something that people forget about a lot. Uh, Omniscience and Aluren. Like what what has Red ever had in the sideboard for Aluren? Like when have they ever had the opportunity to sideboard a card that just happens to be really good against Aluren? Well, they always had Pyrostatic Pillar, and they had Main Deck Eidolon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so they had they, they already had like like potentially two effects to do it. But I I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, the, I was thinking about the Main Deck Eidolon, but I forgot about Pyrostatic Pillar. Yeah, and I think that like uh, against a Dreadhorde deck, like let's say you're talking about Rug Delver, um, is this a card you bring in against Rug Delver? Is it is it going to be that impactful? I'm not sure. Hmm. That's a good question, man. I think I'd bring it in on the play and not on the draw. Okay. I mean, I just, I, yeah, it's it's an interesting question. Obviously, I have absolutely no idea what the correct thing to do is, but it doesn't seem like this is the type of card that you would 100% want in that matchup. It seems like you probably have Arcanist locked down pretty well. If they have a Force of Will or a Force of Negation, that probably just means they force this. Um, or daze it, or just spend one of their free cards on this instead. Uh, if it does end up hitting play, then, I mean, your bolts or your, your Fire Blast are going to land, obviously. But um, you, could, yeah. you, could have had, you could have had something else. So... I don't know. Yeah, that's why I, I like the idea of it on the play because that's when like you know you're you're really worried about days having to play around days and everything, mm-hmm. and you know potentially deading their forces or something. And you can also just lose the damage race to Rug Delver if they have a super aggressive start on the play. So it's kind of a it's it's kind of a hedge that I'm saying I would bring it in on the play, not the draw, just just to see what it does, you know. But that's that's where I'd start with it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, next is a super hard card to evaluate, Cleansing Wildfire. One in a red for a sorcery. It's a common. Destroy target land. Its controller may search for a basic and put it into play tapped and draw a card. So it's a Stone Rain cantrip, but it's a ghost quarter. <sighs> I mean, they, like, they, they printed this card already at three casting cost, right? Like, there was the exact same card that just cost uh, a red and two. Really? What's that? Um, I, I don't know the name of the card. I don't know if it was or in how, a commander set or something okay. that was new. 
Um, but I'm I'm 99% sure that this exact card was printed. It just cost three before. Okay, here. Look up Geomancer's Gambit. Oh, yeah. Is that like sh uh, Shards of Alar or something? Modern Modern Horizons. So I got I got the set wrong. It wasn't it wasn't the sun. It was uh it was Modern Horizons. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what it is, man. So I mean obviously two mana is way less in terms of legacy than three mana, but this was like a nothing card at three. I um I don't know, I kinda think this is gonna be a nothing card at two. Like it, it seems like it has so much potential, right? Where it's two yeah. mana, you get to destroy a land and draw a card. Uh, and against decks that have no basic lands, like you just you just get to stone rain them in cantrip for two mana. Um, but the problem in playing a card like that is there's a lot of decks in Legacy right now that are just running basics. Like Wasteland is already the worst it's been in a really long time. Uh, and you have to main deck this card. And against decks that have basics... Um, obviously, obviously being able to like maybe cut them off of a color by getting a dual land uh, and maybe they don't have a basic of that color left in their deck like there's going to be some some niche uses for this card where you're like wow this card is broken but I, I think most of the time it's just like it's going to be meh um, I want to be excited about it because it seems like it has so much potential I just don't see I just don't see it if that makes sense yeah, you kind of pissed on my parade with that Geomancer's Gambit because I was definitely warmer on this card before I remembered that this existed and nobody really... Yeah, but I mean, it. three like three mana is so much more than two. I think if this cost one red, oh man, like I would be more excited about it. I think that, uh, I think that two mana, two, two mana is still quite a bit. So I, I, don't, I don't know if I can get behind this card. Yeah. There's not really a whole lot of prowess stuff going on. Like, I haven't seen hardly any young pyromancers. I haven't seen any mentors recently. You know what I mean? I've seen more, um, Mo, wow, 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 the, the green. Joriel. Yes. Yes. Joriel. Um, the one that makes, the one that makes two twos every time you cantrip. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know about this one. Yeah. I feel you, man. If there was like stuff like that going on, I would be inclined to think a little more harder about it. You know, like you know, like a blue red Delver as a one of or something. Mm -hmm. But there's not even that incentive. So I don't know, man. I I don't see a place where it fits right now. But watch well, us be extremely wrong about this card. Yeah, it just like slots into like some tempo deck that's using days along with, uh, I don't know, Delver Goblin Guide. Um, yeah, and all of that. So Magmatic Channeler, one in a red for a 1-3 Human Wizard, which are like the best creature types you could have right now, right? Yep. Uh, if you have four or more instants in your or so, instance and or sorceries in your graveyard, so Super Spell Mastery, it gets plus three, plus one, so it becomes a 4-4 four, four for one in a red. And you can tap it and discard a card to exile the top two cards of your library, choose one, and you can play that card this turn. Yeah, when I originally looked at this card, I was like... I was like super pumped on it before I realized that you had to tap and discard a card. I thought that it was just like uh, like a straight card advantage engine for that cheap. Um, and uh, okay, on paper, it seems like it could be just amazing, right? Potentially, yeah. you could have a 4-4 four, four for one in a red in situations where like that happens quite common in like blue-red Delver shells. Right. Um I'm medium high on this card. I think I want to be higher, but uh, you have that like awkward tension between how you want to use this card. Like, is this just going to end up being like a slightly better goblin looter, or is this going to be a card that you want to beat down with? And I'm not sure exactly how the interplay between, okay, potentially it's a 4-4 four, four for two versus a looter um, comes into play. 
Yeah, and there's tension with with uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist, which is like one of the key cards in the shell right now. Like, if you go to swing with this, and the Dreadhorde Arcanist makes it a one three, right? Okay, that's awkward. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. It could. I think if you're in that situation, though, like you know right, that it's yeah. not going to be a four four, and you might save it back to loot. Um, but the the exiling the cards instead of putting them to the graveyard uh, um, plays against that too. You can't like. Uh, just make sure that it always stays 4-4 with that and like get fuel for your Arcanist. But Exactly. Well, I could be completely wrong about that card. Like, it, it has potential to be really, really good. Just in my head right now, I'm not exactly sure where that fits. So I, I want to come off a little bit lower than what, uh, what its potential could be. Yeah. And, like, there was this card, Reality Everwise, that was in a recent set that was... Uh... I, I don't I'm not gonna get all the stats right. I feel like it's one blue red for a two three legendary wizard that whenever you discard a card for the first time a turn, you draw a card. And or discard cards for the first time each turn, you draw that many cards rather. And it feels like maybe there's some kind of shell going on with like Dak Faden and that and this but I'm not certainly not going to build that deck and I actually am more worried about being wrong about Wildfire than this one I feel like this one does just doesn't have a home that I can think of so it's you know it's not Hooting Mandrills that's all I'll say no it's not so you want to handle the white cards bro I know this is your wheelhouse um so you have you have Skyclave Apparition on here yeah. And I'm not sure. I don't know. I, there is this a flicker list? I hate list? this card. I hate this Yeah, card. like when you see it, right? Uh, it enters the. It's a 2 2 flyer. Or is it a flyer? It seems like it should be a flyer. It, it should be, but I'm not even positive it is. I gotta look this up because you don't have flying. No. Not personally. Uh, it doesn't fly. Okay, so it's a 3-mana 2-2, and it has kind of a Flicker Wisp effect when it enters the battlefield, only you just straight exile it. Um, and the controller of the exiled card gets an XX Blue Illusion, where X is a converted mana cost. So it's very unlikely that you want to use it like a Flicker Wisp to, take, like, to blink your things, so it loses all of no, that. You, it, you can't, anyway, because it's, it's opponent control. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Which is actually almost a plus side um, for this effect specifically. Yep. Be because uh, if you had to cast it, people can't respond by sacrificing their permanent somehow. So it's up It's up to one target. So you can choose no, like no target, so that wouldn't come into yes. play either. But yeah, right. like... Um, you can't get blown out. This card, you know, you can't have to target the wrong permanent or have to target one of your own permanents, that's all. Yeah. Um, I think that it really competes with other three drops in like a in a death and taxes shell. Maybe there's so can, much better. Yeah, there's there's so much stuff that um you probably just want the flexibility of flicker wisp. That being said, this is permanent, so it can take care of some like um hard to deal with permanence. But I think the traditional death and taxes shell probably wants something that's a little bit more flexible at three. And this competes with a lot. I like the idea. Like, it's a ton of value, right? Like, yeah. you, it's almost an automatic two for one. You get, your opponent gets like some uh, one one or two two or three three or maybe four four. But if you're if you're taking care of a Jace and leaving your opponent with a four four, you're still in a much better spot. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't like it in Legacy, though. If that, if that's I really don't, I don't, I really don't like this card. So I'm, I'm totally on board. Yeah. Uh, what about the other one? I like Archon. Alright, so Archon of Ameria uh, is like a super hate bear. It's three mana, so again, it's competing with all of the same stuff. But it seems like Wizards is like trying to find like the sweet spot between like like what they can do with a three mana hate bear. Um, yeah, and so it's a two three flyer. Yeah, two three flyer for two and a white. And um, it has the... Uh, sort of deafening silence ability where each player can't cast more than one spell and non-basic lands enter um, tapped 
that your opponents control. It's um it's not symmetric. So yeah, I mean like uh, three mana. I love this card. Like I love this card. And if they like, if they put this on a two two for two that didn't have flying that cost one and a white, like I would be I'd be kind of pumped about it. Like because it would just be like a better version of some of the hate bears we had, in my opinion. Oh for sure. For sure. Um, but I think I think adding that one to the casting cost really pushes it into the maybe category. I'm not super pumped about it. I love the abilities. I'm just not sure about the casting cost. Yeah, one thing we've talked about uh, on several set reviews at this point, I think, is the Greater Realm of Preservation effect, which is a card from Legends that is a circle of protection that costs two to activate, but it can prevent damage from red or black sources. So you'll see it in old school sideboards because it's only one slot and it does like a bad circle red or circle black impression. Mm -hmm. This card is sort of like, I could see it doing that same sort of greater realm thing where it's your second canonist, but it also has this uh, Thalia Heretic Cathar effect against like your lands or your depths or whatever. It, It, you know, where this is worth playing because of all the non-basic lands you're worried about that that aren't a problem if you can just waste them right yeah i think that you're you've talked me into not liking this card because like (laughs) having it right having it be like a like a backup canonist against all those decks you want canonist man three is infinitely more than two like that's it's just a whole different world and the non-basic lands entering tap that's kind of like a that's like a it's it's a good effect, but that's not something that's game breaking that you're like, all right, oh, I definitely want this. It's just kind of like a little bonus. So right, like Thalia Heretic Cathar hasn't seen play. Right? Yeah. Um or not in a long time. So I'm I'm gonna say I want this card to be good. Or I want this card to see play, but I don't think it's going to. I think that the two and a white hate bear is too slow in most situations. And there might be some shell that like can try to abuse uh, I don't know. Uh, we're talking white cards, so maybe white a white uh, mox diamond deck that you can come up with that might be able to get oh, this out yeah. a little earlier. Ooh, I like that. Uh, maybe it plays Leonin Arbiter as well, and you can just do all sorts of silly things with it. Uh, but I think outside of a shell like that, it probably won't see play. Yeah, there's also the Ancient Tomb Death and Taxes effect, though. You know, so I mean, you're three right. Minute, you three mana isn't what it used to be. You're right. Okay, you're right. But yeah, in general, I, I would play one of these in the sideboard, but you know, that that's just to start and see if it really is that bad. Because, you know, turn two versus turn three when you're talking about a canonist, like you said, is a huge fucking deal, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh that's about where where we're at, and I think that's a very valid observation, but I would still try one out. I love canonists, so Yep. I've been on the other side of Benny Canonist for you. Actually, just a, just <laughs> a few. But yeah. That's true, actually. Uh, Kaza Royal Chaser. Bro, I, I actually didn't even mean to have this one on the list. It's blue and red for a 1-2 human wizard with flying in haste. So it's it's this week's Storm Chaser. And as tap, the next instant or sorcery spell you cast costs X less, where X is the number of wizards you control as this ability resolves, which is weird wording, but... Um, I have no place for this card. I don't want to talk about this card. Do you have anything? No, I don't know why it's here. Confounding <laughs> Conundrum. Confounding Conundrum. We're starting off our blue cards now. We got three blue cards to end this off. We got no green cards, I just realized, but... No, we got the land. Yeah. I guess. We talked about all of them, but yeah. Yeah. Confounding Conundrum is one in a blue for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, it draws a card because every card does that now. And whenever a land enters the battlefield under your opponent's control, if that player had another land enter the battlefield under their control this turn, they return a land to their hand. Yeah, I mean, it's a blue cantrip um, that is a mild hoser to uh fetch land mana bases but like it's kind of easily played around and even though it replaces itself two mana draw a card isn't something that i'm super pumped about playing 
Yeah, what I'm wondering about, because obviously you bring this card in if you're playing against, like, you know, lands or, like, a Primeval Titan deck, but it's not good enough to earn a sideboard spot for that use case alone. Right. So is it good enough in the the fetch land sort of mirror? Like, let's say you're playing a snow mirror. Is it good enough there to bring it in or not? I think it is what makes or breaks this card, right? Yeah, I think that just, like, the fact that you have to, like, take your turn to spend two mana on it just is more impactful than your opponents just having to fetch on your turn. Yeah. So, like, I... I understand what you're trying to say with it, but like, it, it just if your opponent plays a fetch land, all they have to do is just fetch on your turn and gets around it. Uh, it kind of taxes their mana on a turn where they play a fetch land, but that's but that's it, and you're giving up two mana um, on an early turn. I guess in the snow mirror um, turn, your turn two isn't super impactful unless your opponent's right. gonna, to going to make their third land drop. And you need to react to something. There's um, just Sylvan Libraries, really, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if they're if they're going to three mana and they get to play right. Planeswalker, oh, yeah, like that's that's big. I um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't really like it though. I think the fact that it has like Enter the Battlefield draw a card on it is like, why do they keep on making all these things cantrips? Everything does. Bro. Um, it's that's just strange to me. But I don't I don't know if I think good things about this card yet. Yeah. the The other thing though is you can potentially get blown out pretty hard by this card, right? Like, it, if, like, uh, your opponent's playing, like, Uro and Mystic Sanctuary, or, like, Bajookabog, for example. Okay, yeah, you can just get, like, machine-gunned with yeah, them bouncing could, their good land. Yeah, it's not, really it's not all upside, you're absolutely right. Yeah, there are scenarios where this card can really punish you. But it's, it's not like it's that common, but it is something to have on your radar, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thieving Skydiver, one in a blue for a Merfolk Rogue that's a 2-1. It has Kicker of X, and X can't be 0. Uh, it's a 2-1 Flyer, I should say. So a Merfolk Rogue, 2-1 Flyer for one in a blue. Not terrible stats. Entered the battlefield, gain control of target artifact with converted mana cost X or less. And if that artifact is an equipment, equip it onto Thieving Skydiver. I like this card. I don't, this card's really fucking good. Yeah, I um, I don't know exactly what shell you want to play it in, but Every the fact shell. that you can just like turn it into uh, one and two blue flying threat that steals something is just like great to me. Um, I think it's how about two and a blue take that mox diamonds like that's pretty fucking sweet, right? Yeah, against any of the zero cost artifacts, even though X can't be zero, you just pay one extra and you get to take it. Um, if you ever find yourself in like a mid-range battle against a stone blade deck and you get to play this for five and take a sword with it, like you're living oh, the dream. Um, I think that the fact that it trades with Delver is something that you can't just overlook. Uh, the 2-1 yep. flying body is actually relevant and, um, and it's a little bit of value stapled on to an okay creature. I wouldn't say like 2-1 flying for two is, is good, but the fact that it flies and it trades with almost all of the other flying threats that you're going to see in Legacy um, means that you have potential for some value here. And with decks really like, I don't want to say revolving around um, maybe an Astrolabe mana base, p- playing this for three mana and taking your opponent's Astrolabe and sort of shutting that line off seems um, seems fine. It's relevant sometimes, yeah. Yeah. And then also... Uh... Another aspect of this card that I feel like deserves uh, a shout is we said before that human wizard was the best uh, creature types you could be. It's also the worst creature types you could be because of Plague Engineer. So this being a merfolk rogue, provided you're not playing true name nemesis, is actually perfect because it's a one toughness creature and the main threat to those right now are Plague Engineer. But for them to, to hit this one toughness creature, they have to not name human or wizard, which would be suicide against most decks that would play this. Okay. Did that I guess, make yeah, sense? That's, that no, was, that's a valid point. Right. Yeah. Because it was just so another if, human wizard then. It's kind of great that it's two obscure creature types. Well, I wouldn't say... Uh, I wouldn't say obscure, but not they're not human or wizard. You're right. Yeah. 
So I, I'm definitely going to play this card, man. I like this card, even if it's only unlimited. Mm -hmm. uh, Seagate Stormcaller, bro. One and a blue for a 2-1 human wizard with kicker of four and a blue. You're going to be playing this when, unlimited. When it, enters, when it enters the battlefield, copy the next instant or sorcery spell you cast with converted mana cost two or less this turn when you cast it. And if you kicked it... Uh, or eight mana or seven mana or whatever copy that spell twice instead and you may choose new copies for the target okay i apologize i thought that it only copied on kicker um no okay so it's still just a bad snapcaster right? yeah i think I'm you would just something. always want the flash um yeah. I, I don't yeah maybe if you had a deck that wanted to play extra copies of snapcaster i um yeah, I guess. I think that they probably understand that they don't want Snapcaster Mage in Standard, but they wanted something similar, and this is the toned-down version. Yeah. Uh, maybe more arena-friendly with it kind of being sorcery speed, so I think that's where we're going with it. Our buddy Nate was teasing that he had something extremely broken to do with this card, and I, I can't wait to hear that because I have no idea what that would be. Uh, okay, so here's what it is. Um, it's playing... The eat copies of spells on the stack to get bigger. Fluster, flusterfuck or whatever it's called. I can't remember the name of the card. And I Niv played Magus it. Elemental. Niv Magus, it's playing Niv Magus Elemental. It's playing um, Storm cards, and it's uh, and it's playing this, and okay. this just gets Niv Magus Elemental so big <laughs> when you copy a Storm spell and then eat all the copies. And then you Berserk your Arcanist and then flash back to Berserk and target this. Oh, that's that's it. That's 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 go. what it is. I gotcha. Alright, last card. <laughs> I didn't actually see this on anybody's list, but I did happen to catch this when it was spoiled, and I thought that it was worth talking about. So Forsaken Monument is a five cost legendary artifact. Colorless creatures you control get plus two plus two. Whenever you tap for colorless, add an additional colorless, and whenever you cast a colorless spell, gain two life. I thought this was good enough for card boards and post decks. Okay, I think that for post decks, if you're getting up to five, the extra mana ramp you probably don't need already because you're already doing your thing. The two, the extra plus two plus two to creatures probably doesn't affect post. I think if you're talking about Eldrazi Stompy decks then spending five mana on something that doesn't kill your opponent might um might not be the best. Like, obviously... Well, that is kind of what I'm talking about, right? Like, I'm talking about Thought Not Seer, Karn, Reality Smasher, Ulamog, uh, Endbringer, Eye of Ugin kind of deck. Yeah, but I, I think you probably just rather have, like, another threat. Rather, because if you have a threat in that deck, you're probably doing okay. Like, what's... The... No, but it's in the Karn board. Oh, you to go tutor for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Is, it, is it worth the spot just spot. to give you guys plus two plus two? I don't know for sure. Well, the plus two plus two is kind of the least relevant part. It's more like, you know, the ramp for Ayabugan and Ulamog. And then also, I guess, the life gain isn't, isn't the worst. It's sort of on par with the plus two plus two. But, you know, the... Let's say you stall on lands at five. Now you you have ten, basically, because every one of your lands is going to tap for an additional next turn. Okay. Maybe maybe I'm completely wrong, and the deck does want a tutorable ramp spell. It seems like it could be okay. I When I first saw this card, I wasn't really thinking about it in the ramp shells. I was thinking about it just as like a, like a crusade for, um, uh, for the aggro decks. Where like the plus two plus two actually gets you some decent work when you're um when you're boosting your two one to four three, right right. But um yeah, and I was just thinking if this of the was like tribal Eldrazi. Yeah, if this was tribal Eldrazi. That would be amazing in that deck. Yeah, and that's that's but the first thing that I thought about when I saw this card. Like the yeah. um, Eldrazi monument, the original one, having to sacrifice a creature during your upkeep. Like you you just like that sucks. You don't really yeah. you don't really have the ability to do that in the Stompy deck. Where um, where this might be okay, I still think again you probably just want like another threat, um, yeah. but but it could it could have some potential. Yeah, I think that you know the post decks that are that are bigger than those decks that play thought not seer and then bigger stuff, 
I think this uh this could definitely fit in there and you know making your your thought not seers and smashers that much bigger is not irrelevant gaining life is not irrelevant but really it just gets you from five to ten yep okay and you know it's a it's a target in your wish board basically because you're you're a Karn deck so that's that's uh where i was thinking and that's honestly i think one of the safer picks on this list watch me be wrong and there's some card that already exists that's just a little bit better but i i don't know I, i'm not that familiar with the archetype but i would say if i had to rank the top three cards from from this spoiler that would probably be number three and along with uh thieving skydiver and the bolt lands in general Okay, yeah, just lumping lumping all of those there. Okay. I mean, I like all of those, so I, I can I can go along with that. We're supposed to have conflict, bro. I'm supposed to be, you know, the reactionary dickhead, and you're supposed to be the good guy. Okay, so I, I, I hate all of your picks. I think that it's clearly um, Rolling Vortex number one. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, and since I have to disagree with you, I'm not going to say anything about the other ones that I kind of agree <laughs> with. Uh, so yeah, it's it's absolutely Rolling Vortex, number one. Uh, it's it's just already seeing play in a different version. This is better. Uh, and then Seagate, <laughs> Seagate Stormcaller, Nate is going to completely break in the fact that you left it off the list is, uh, <laughs> is a travesty, and I'm ashamed that I'm on the cast with you. Is that strong enough? Is that a strong there enough pushback? Go. All right. If people want to find these hot takes on Twitter, I can do that. You can uh, look me up at tsmileymtg and follow the cast at deadformatcast. Deadformatcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at ena215. And that's a wrap. We got done with the set review in an hour.